Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hello and welcome to the Carl Reader Show, where today I'm delighted to be joined by the entrepreneur's godmother, Alison Edgar. Alison, welcome to the show. Hi, Carl. Nice to be on. Thank you for asking me. Hey, no problem. So, Alison, if you can first of all share your story, who is Alison? So, um, predominantly my background was hospitality management internationally. I worked in Sydney, I worked in Cape Town, I worked in the Channel Islands. And then I came back to the UK after um, six years away and I met my husband who had a normal job Monday to Friday, nine to five. So I had to try and find something that fitted into those hours or I was going to get dumped. So I couldn't find a normal job, so I got a job in sales. So I worked for some major blue chip companies in the UK and that's where my sales background came together. But I think what makes me different and what I sort of bring to the party is I genuinely believe when it's delivered correctly that sales and customer service is exactly the same thing. And I think that comes from my hospitality and sales background. Sure. So when I started the company, it was Sales Coaching Solutions, which works with teams. And there used to be government funding, which would help me mm. work with the teams. And about a year after I started the business, they pulled the funding. And that was fine, because if you can sell, you can do anything. So the, the company continued, but the people who needed me most were the startups and the micro businesses. And they're the people who don't have much money. So I had to create a new product range really to help them. But I didn't have a name for it. So it was Alice and Edgar. And I've got one of my clients who is the naughtiest boy I have ever worked with. He makes gin. And he's amazing, but he, his name's Ross Butler in Butler's Gin. And I said, Ross, I need a name for this. And he said, oh, that's so easy. And I said, is it? He said, you're the entrepreneur's godmother. There you go. And that's how it came about. And literally, I am the entrepreneur's godmother. Fantastic. So what we're going to do, we're going to focus on sales. Um, I, because I think that there are some learnings for anyone who listens to this podcast, whether employed or self-employed, whether they see themselves as an entrepreneur or they see themselves as stuck in their job and are just considering their options. You know, whatever um, aspect of a spectrum they feel that they sit in, sales is something that can be quite daunting to a lot of people. Um, and there's also a lot of negative connotations around sales as well. So I, I think it would really start quite nicely if we can just take your definition of sales. What, what is sales? What is selling? So I think that sales and customer service is the same thing. Yeah. So basically I would say selling something is a transfer of beliefs that if you really believe from your heart of hearts that this is the right thing, it's your job then to get the other person to come around to your way of thinking. Um, and I think it's really interesting. I talk a lot about sort of business support and again, working with accountants and sales because you know ultimately we are all in a space to help businesses improve, to sell more, mm. again, sell more or spend less so that you make more money. And I think the thing that's been quite interesting is um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in the market at the moment. You're on Facebook, you're on LinkedIn, and there's a lot of people who tell you, you know, get rich quick. Now, to me, that's bad selling. Yes, it's really um, it's it's really manipulative. You know, when we look at the, the stuff that I teach, and it's interesting about you talking about the negative connotations, because. Um, 
I have got a book out which is called Secrets of Successful Sales, but the working title of the book was actually Selling is Not Swearing. Sure. And again, being Scottish, um, you know, we're quite we're quite good at the swearing, just as you're quite good at the swearing. Mm. And I can be in a room and I'll use the F word and people don't even flinch. But if I use the sales word, people will take a step back yes. because it's seen as such a dirty, sleazy kind of it thing. It really is. You know, if we shut our eyes and think of a salesman, you know, so if the listeners can can do this as long as you're not driving, you shut your eyes, think of a salesman. And I, I, use, I use the word salesman because that's typically what comes to mind, first of all. And it tends to be somebody in a, um, you know, possibly a bit of a shiny suit, you know, not a very good quality, but... Um, quite sharp, yeah. um, slicked back hair, um, contract in one hand, briefcase in the other. You, yeah. you can picture it in your mind, but and that's what immediately comes to mind. And, and we almost start on the defensive when we think about sales before we can even open up to accept that it's what we need to do. Yeah, and it's interesting because, as you just said, what we need to do, because if you don't sell, you don't have a business. Mm. And that's not just, you know... I'm writing my second book at the moment, which is quite interesting because a lot of people who have read the first book, Secrets of Successful Sales, are not actually in a sales role, but I do believe that everything we do is a sale. If you get somebody to make you a cup of tea, it's a sale. You know, negotiating on an independent, you know, buying a backpack from an independent store, well, actually, if you negotiate on that, you'll get it at a cheaper price. Everybody needs to learn those core skills to have a better life, really. Mm. You know, I'm quite evangelical about the sales message. And I do think it's, you know, when I started the company, it was really quite hard because I had been good at sales. I, you know, I'd won the prizes and the trips. I'd always been an overachiever. But I couldn't really work out what I did. Sure. So there was a lot of unpicking that had to be done yes. to create the methodology. So... I think, again, the methodology really works. I mean, I've got some great clients, you know, the Dragon's Den winners, the Apprentice winners. You know, I've, I'm working with some really cool people. But I think that was the cement in my business was when I really worked out what the methodology yes. was. So how I, I'm just curious because this is actually a subject that goes beyond sales. So I, I did warn you that we'll see where this conversation goes. Yeah, I and that. I promise you, we will go back to sales. Yeah. Um, but the unpicking of a process that you had done as an employee, as a, um, for want of a better phrase, as a technician, using Michael Gerber's entrepreneur manager technician um, definition, you know, that's actually one of the key problems that most people have when it comes to scaling their business. But mm. they do what they do. They do it really well, but they find it very difficult to define what they do, how they do it, yeah. why they do it, yeah. when they do it, um, so that they can create a operations manual or a process for others yeah. to follow. Yeah, so so um, I, I know this isn't directly a sales question, but how did you do that? So I am a bit strange and I wake up. I wasn't up... going to say. <laughs> yeah, not only am I Scottish, I'm a bit strange. But I kind of wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm a three o'clock, like lightning bolt at three o'clock. And I go, whoa, Eureka, I've discovered the world. Mm. Did you did you so, identify before your light bulb moment that you needed to de yes. deconstruct it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, d I knew that I had to. How can I teach it? Because I think I, I, I'm a big, strong believer in structure. I like structure. Sure. I like process. Um, but I just could not get my head around it. And I think it's really interesting because once the Eureka moment happened, it was easy so one of the so 
the methodology is the four key pillars of sales sure. and this is what makes the, this is what the overachievers mm -hmm. did you know um, first of all there was mindset involved so the overachievers always felt like they were running their own business and a lot of the stuff I do with bigger businesses now like the Discovery Channel or Thomas Cook is I teach entrepreneurism sure. so I work around Carol Dweck's mindset and, and again a lot is very similar to the process it's just in a different wrapper yes. so the first one is behaviours so this is what the overachievers always did they were great chameleons and I don't mean just again, the sleazy sleazy. I mean, they really genuinely got adapted into different people and, and how they wanted to be treated. So I'm a DISC practitioner. So a lot of the stuff revolves around task, relationship, introvert, extrovert, sure. the red, the green, the yellow, the blue. So that was the first thing. And, and again, this is where it becomes really interesting because that falls into a cross. So again, for MD, you know, the methodology is on the website or it's on um, in the book. But the next thing then is process. And this is the bit where I think, especially the small business market, they don't have a process. So feeding into what you're saying for scale up and, um, and even in accounts, you know, you have to have a really good, strong process. I would, I, you know, if I speak at a big event, so say there's a few hundred there, put your hand up if you know what the sales process is. You get a couple of hands. Sure. And even then it's not even, it's like, oh, I've got a business card, I put that in my CRM. I'm talking about how you actually have a process in the conversation. So if you look at um, James Dyson, for example, he's going to have a manufacturing process. Yes. And what will happen is all the parts will come through and voila, at the end, you will have your vacuum. But like sales, sometimes things don't go through quality control. And I think that's a key thing to remember with sales. You're never going to sell to everyone. No. And it's really, you know, again, your probability, your possibility, your statistics. So again, feeding it back into the numbers side, that's the same in sales, but most people just don't drill in as far. So the process was the next thing. Then the other thing is strategy. So yes. you look at, um, for me, I was voted the UK's number one sales and marketing advisor. I worked with number 10. I went to the Queen's Garden Party. I worked with the Dragon's Dens. I worked with the... How did that happen? Because that sure did not happen through chance. Sure. I'm really proactive. I'm, I really network. I leverage my network. I use influence. And again, I practice what I teach. And even for people who are listening, who are employees, you know, you hear a lot of fixed mindset in big organisations. Mm. Oh, oh, they only got that promotion because of this or that. The ones who are climbing the ladder are really strategic and they're not brown nosed and they've got a real strong plan. Sure. They personally develop themselves to learn new skills that they can bring into organisations. And I think that's something that everybody can learn from, whether they feel they're in sales or not. But the last part is, and this is the bit at the moment, again, I work, I love working with young people. Like I just, I adore all my team are young. They bring the, you know, they spring in my step. Sure. I work with people like Ben Towers, like with Jordan Deakin, Simon Crowther. You know, these are my clients and they're all in their 20s. So they bring a real spring in their step. But what I find is because a lot of younger salespeople um, spend a lot of time online doing social media, communicating with WhatsApp, that they sometimes struggle with the interpersonal skills and when they have to make a phone call or a face-to-face, -face, they really struggle with their confidence. 
and vice versa for the older salespeople. They may be really good at that part, but when it comes to the comms, you know, the strategy using social, you know, there's a gap there as well. So you could be, you know, in your 70s in sales or in your 50s or in your 20s or 30s, and there's still areas of confidence. And ultimately, you have to be confident in yourself because people are buying you. And if you're not confident in you, then guess what? No one will be confident. No, they're, in you. no, they're not. So I'm going to go back to the original question. That was a great overview of the process. Yeah. But how did you um, how did you deconstruct that process? You, know, you you've obviously picked it up over years and years and years. That's it. So not only then the eureka moment. Then there was another. There was we've already discussed an M4 moment that yes. happened today when I thought I was driving the wrong way. One of the times I was driving in the M4, I had another eureka moment. Please don't tell the traffic police. But on the disc, for anybody, that again, you can Google William Moulton Marsden's disc. So this is where the process really came from as well. So um, a task-focused introvert, that is like structure and strategy. Yes. That's a blue. Well, hang on. That's like process. So it had to fit into that mm. space. And then if you look at the red, the task-focused extrovert, that's about strategy. That's about really driving the business. That's about, so again, that fitted in there because that's what I teach. Sure. And then underneath that, the green is the relationship-focused introvert. And they're the kind of Carrie Sherry. That's the people, the, the emotional intelligence. And that's a green. So that fits into behaviours. And then you've got the yellows who are task-focused extroverts. Sorry, relationship-focused yes. extroverts. So they're the sunny, happy, shiny. That's the confidence. So literally, it just felt like two mirror Two images. models. Just, so the model that you collide. so yeah. the model that you had in your mind yeah. as a fuzzy, yeah. um, fuzzy. This is the way that I've managed teams before. This yeah. is what I've seen happen. Yeah. Um, together with a proven model you were able to kind of put the, or see the similarities and help define the different steps. Literally, I couldn't okay. believe it. I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe that I'd been staring at it. It's a bit like, you know, you see those things on Facebook and it's like the same image and you can see two, two yes. people, like the, the lady, the can-can dancer and the other one. It felt like when I put the two of them in the overlay, it was like, wow. Got it, I've got it. I've got it now and that's how it fitted together. Yeah, because also, I, th I think there is an argument that sometimes we... Um, you know, we learn some things very early on and we use them, but we don't necessarily realise we're using them. And it, it just takes that prompt of what we learned before to yeah. to remind ourselves. And I think, you know what, sometimes the, the oldies are the goodies. So mm. if I'm working with, you know, an entrepreneur and we're doing the start or if I'm working with a team, then what we'll do is we'll start with a SWOT analysis. You mm. know, if you know what your strengths are, your weaknesses, your opportunities and your threats, it's, you know, it's an oldie but a goodie and it's a brilliant place no, to start No, it really is. It's and um, I know certainly with my stuff, my content is all based on what works, what's proven. There's yeah. no there's no point trying to um, create a new model or a new way of doing things yeah. because actually most of this stuff in business has been tried and tested. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's... It's interesting different people's takes on things um, and you know I have a look the other thing again moving into smart objectives so for the, the new book is based on case studies from sure. secrets of successful sales and it's how they've put that into their life and I think you know there is you know where are you now where do you want to go and what do we need to do what do we need yeah. to do to get there and I think that scale up is the same thing it, yes. it doesn't matter whether you're starting a business you know, micro business, scale up business. 
And I think it's really interesting. So having worked for corporates, you kind of think that they've got all the answers and they don't no. have all the answers. But what they do have is they have stronger formulas to fill it. You know, when I, I, I speak to smaller businesses about, you know, SWOT analysis, smart analysis, self-analysis, mm -hmm. you know, really looking at, you know, the Carl Rogers stuff, where are you, what are you? A lot of people don't know. No. And that's part of the problem that they, A, they don't know where they're starting from. Where's the, where's the needle? Can't move and they the also needle. don't know where so they're going. And they don't, and they don't know why they're going there. So yes. again, it's really interesting. The co the content for the new book again, it's more of a, um, oh, I don't, I don't even want to call it personal development. It's more of like sales for yourself because in the new book, I will prove, I will prove that everything we do is a sale. Yes. So it takes what I teach in sales and puts it into more of a life plan and you know the why do you want it. So again, you know Simon Sinek's done a grand job of that, but. He's done a lot of it for businesses, but how does that affect you know your listeners who's maybe sure. you're maybe sitting as part of an organisation in a job that they don't really like doing things they don't want to be doing? How do they really move out of that to do whatever it is they want to do? Start a business, buy a house, you know, do whatever it is they want to do. Brilliant. So what we're going to do? We're going to go back to your sales experience now. Um, so if we if we place you back to the point in time where you were a sales manager with a team. What I'd like to do is pick out some of the key takeaways for anyone who's in a sales-related job. And we've already yeah. identified that that should be everyone. Yeah. Um, but I also realise, you know, I'm a realist and I know that some people will self-qualify themselves out of this conversation by now. Yeah. And we're three quarters of the way through the podcast. So, you know, if they've listened so far, that's great. Um, but for those who really want to know some of the nuggets, okay. um, what were the the key problems that you saw with salespeople? You know, what, what were the main challenges that you came up against? Uh, it's interesting. I've had this conversation this week. I've been visiting um, the guys at Salesforce mm. and they've got a new VP sales for the UK, I think. And it's a woman. Again, it's lovely to see women f moving into senior roles as well. And two things, two words, time management. Okay. Predominantly, a lot of people really struggle to manage their time effectively. Mm. Um, so, and we were talking about work list management. So, I didn't use Salesforce at that time. I used SAP, and I had like work list OCD. So, one of the things for me was I knew I could tell you any snapshot and any time where I was to target, where I was to everything else, and yet. I would go in and have a look if I was mentoring someone and have a look at their work list and it was a mess. They didn't know if sure. they had a cancellation. And and that's what I do think in business. I mean, I was with a client last week and he's been in business for 15 years and he didn't know the numbers. He didn't know how much it cost to open the doors. He didn't know how much he had to make a profit, how much to take out. And I think a lot of people struggle with their personal finances as well. And I think that's at core. If you don't know how to run the ship, whether it's your life or your business or your role, yes. you're going to struggle. And that's where, again, if it's somebody that's not in running a company or in sales, to have a... So would it, would it be safe to say um, personal management, huh. both yeah. in and out of work? Well, it's anything management. It's the mm. same as like weight loss management. To get mm. thin, you've got to eat less yes. or exercise more. And do it consistently. And consistently. Yeah. To be wealthier in your private, you know, your home life, you've got to either earn more or spend less and to earn more you know that's again where you're selling yourself if you want that promotion because it comes with you know a new job and, and that's what you want because you want a four-bedroom house or whatever 
it's the same model mm. in absolutely everything that we do, whether it's start up, your own life, or scale up. I think it's exactly the same, and it's bad time management is a okay. key for that. So my, my next question is, we're actually gonna go a bit more positive now. Well, I, I guess it's a bit more positive, positive for some. Um, is there a certain kind of personality that dominates in sales, or can the skills be taught? Oh, I think it can be taught, definitely. It's interesting because, you know, we touched on Carol Dweck's mindset. Now, I, do you know, I came up... Now, the I reason hear, I say this is because a lot of yeah, people will say things like, I, I can never be a salesperson. I hear it all the time. Mm. Carol, honestly, if I had a pound for everybody that tells me, oh, I'm really bad at sales, you know what, if you think you're bad at anything, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be bad at mm. that. So I do think, again, even if you sit in an office or you're listening to this and you think, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, you can do anything you want. You just have to want to do it. And there are, you know, there are tools, there's books, there's tricks out there that can teach you. But I do think that one of the things, you know, undoubtedly I'd put 51 and a half pence on this. Mm. To be successful at sales, you need to have a growth mindset. There's no negotiation on that sure. one. Can you be taught to have a growth mindset? Yeah, you can. Are you going to flip straight away? And in parts of your life, are you fixed and growth and fixed? And, and the answer is yes. But confidence is key and a growth mindset is key. That's, to me, the two main things. The skills can come later. Sure. It's and if in, you've got the term, attitude. So in terms of skills, um, obviously we hear about sales techniques and mm. so on. Do they actually work? Yeah, they do. Or I wouldn't be sitting here, really, <laughs> would I? Um, and it's really interesting, especially people who haven't been sales trained. And again, I don't just mean people who work in sales. People can be sitting in an office and how do they build a stronger relationship with the person that's next to them? How do they get on better with their wife or their husband? That's all sales. And again, the, the problem you've got is a lot of people who are not sales trained sell too soon. Sure. You know, they'll, they'll you know, go, I know do this, I know do blah, 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 blah. Actually, contrary to what people might think, the secret of selling is actually listening and not talking, and that's the part that most people struggle with. So that's the big technique? Especially for introverts. So if you're an introvert and you're like, oh, I don't really know what to say, I don't really know, I don't, oh, I don't really know how to, literally all you have to do is, and this is one of my top tips from the book, is think about the Titanic, right? So we're on the Titanic and it's about to sink. You're there with no family and no friends. Who's the first person you want to save? I'm hoping most people are saying themselves. They might not say it out loud, but you know, you'd know you want to get back to your family and friends. And that's the same with sales, to build that relationship. It's not about you, it's always about the other person. So the trick is to really get engage the other person by getting them to talk about themselves, because most people really like to talk about themselves. And when they talk, they give you information. And like Snap, doo -doo 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 -doo, you've got the power. So when you've got the power, then that's when you can really start to get into the nitty gritty of what that person needs. Because it's not what you want to sell them, it's what the person needs. And that's where the you know two worlds collide. And again, as I said with Dyson, you're not gonna sell to everyone, but if your product actually matches what that person needs, that's not a sale, Carl, that's a great customer service. Fantastic. I think that's a great note to end this part of a podcast on. Um, sales truly is customer service, truly. if done properly. Um, okay, so I'm going to launch into the rapid fire questions. Now, you kind of know what's coming because you've heard some of the podcasts before. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to chuck in a couple of curveballs there. Um, so first one being, what's the worst sales experience that you've received personally? 
So many of them. Um, so even at the weekend, I've got a large bank and I've got a, a bank account where my son's savings from birth are in there and he's starting his driving lessons. And I've been on the phone about five times and still the money is sitting in their large bank account. I just think, uh, to be honest, most times bad customer service is more common and especially with social media, it travels like wildfire. So again, if you always think about customer service, you'll always have a good sale. Fantastic. What book, apart from your own, we've heard about your own, uh, what book apart from your own is the one that you've recommended to the most people? Um, it's interesting because at the moment, uh, it depends on what we're looking at. I'm reading Michelle Obama. Okay. I believe that's a good one. Um, and also I've listened to Simon Sinek, which again, I have spoken about it, but I, it wasn't as good as I thought, which is sure. quite um, disappointing. Um, and also the E-Myth is a good one. Who moved my cheese? You know, there's a load of the oldies of the goodies. If you could name one. The one, if we just rephrase it then, the one that's had the most transformative impact on you and your development? Um, I would say it would be the E-Myth. The E-Myth, fantastic. Great book. I don't necessarily agree with it nowadays, but great book. Um, next one, if you were to set up a mastermind group with three other people, who would you choose to be in that? Oh, you, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Um, and also, Saleswoman at heart. Uh, I tell you what, there's so many people. I think the next one would be, interestingly, who's been on your podcast already, uh, Penny Power, who okay. has got a mastermind as well. Um, and also, I would really like to be with... Edit. I need to re-record that bit again. Hang on, let me think. Um obviously didn't read the questions that closely. Let me have a little think. So who would I like to be in my mastermind group? Definitely you, Carl. Yeah. Uh, Penny Power, who has actually been on your podcast. And the other one is my girl crush in business, Emma Jones, the founder of Enterprise Nation. Fantastic. So I'm not going to edit that out because it oh. shows the authenticity. Oh, you've, no. not been, you've not been given these questions, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> It, that question is specifically designed because if I ask you for one person, you will have that one person off the top of your head. Yeah. Maybe two, but three, you've really got to think about it. Yeah. And it's not like I've said 10 where you can just rattle people off. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's interesting because there are people in business and like Emma Jones literally is like my girl crush in business. I think that you know yourself having been in and around. There's people who you meet and you think, oh, you know what, they're all, all about them. And again, it's mm. like the Titanic. I think Emma Jones is one of the most caring, uh, consistent, genuine people who wants to help the land of business, small business and business. So it's always a pleasure. And we need that. Given the sharks out yeah, there, we need that. Really, really and truly is amazing. Fantastic. What's the best bit of advice you've ever been given? Two years, one mouth. Um, and again, it, it's, it really goes into to sales side of things as well. And again, you know, watch, look after the pennies because the pounds will look after themselves. Sure. So um, I think that's my two best tips that I've ever been given. Okay, and on a slightly different vein, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Be me, just carry on doing what you want. I mean, I'm dyslexic. So Did you know so many people have said that? Yeah. You know, um, that advice is not just yourself. Um, yeah. I would, I've not done the stats, but I'd hazard a guess that three quarters of a guest have said, be yourself or be brave. Well, do you know what? So for me, I left school at 16 because I'm dyslexic and, you know, 
it wasn't really di- it wasn't diagnosed then, but it wasn't even a word then when sure. I left school. Not that I'm giving my age away. So it was really interesting that people think, um, uh, you know, I was a bit thick. You know, I was quite bright, but I was a bit thick. So when it came to academic, I haven't got any qualifications. And I got a job when I was 16 as a hotel receptionist, and it's the best thing that I absolutely ever did. And I just think that you know your gut, you really trust your gut, don't be afraid, just go and do it. And, you know, touch wood, you know, I've got a lot more time left on the earth, but if I end up and I got knocked down by a bus tomorrow, I've got no regrets in my life. I absolutely have loved every minute of every day, and I think that's a good way to live your life. I wake up every day and I bring my A-game. Never a day goes past without the A-game. And you can only bring your A-game, that's all you can do. Abso- absolutely. Um, so, so the last question, what is the best purchase you've made in the last six months to a year for around 50 quid? Um, a plane ticket to Scotland this weekend, and it was quite last minute. Um, again, to me, a good life is a whole life. Sure. It's not just about your business, it's about your family and your friends and, and life. And I wasn't going to go up for this party, and I flew up. It got in at 7 o'clock at night. I was at the party at 8 o'clock at night, and it turns out it was a surprise wedding. And again, just the fact you give to other people by Fantastic. going to their event. So spending that money on that little flight ticket made everybody's day, including my own. Amazing. Alison, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Where can the listeners find out more about you? So I have got three websites. I've got www.salescoachingsolutions.co.uk, which works with teams. I have got www.entrepreneursgodmother.com, we work with startups and entrepreneurs, and I've got www.alisonedgar.com, who is an author and speaks at events. So three quite clear brand messages, but all focusing around sales. Fantastic. Alison, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.